For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this, another happy super-duper episode of Political Straight Talk. I'm your host, the Political Superman, coming to you from a recovering, berry-drenched location. <laughs> the time, 8.04 on the left coast, 5.04 on the east coast, and let me just start this out by saying that President Trump could not have laid a better trap oh, yeah. for the Democrats because on Saturday he came out, made some comments about four freshman congresswomen not liking this country, go back where you came from. Well, those comments hadn't been out but about maybe ten minutes and the attack was on. Trump was a racist, going after AOC, Raghead, and a couple others. <laughs> and so this balloons up. Sunday he doubles down. Monday he triples down. So a press conference is called by four congressional freshmen that Trump was allegedly speaking about. Yet, Everybody seems to forget the man never mentioned him by name. So I find it kind of funny that these four people came up, had a press conference, um, showed their own stupidity during this press conference. But there's a bigger picture here. Prior to Trump doing this, the mainstream Democrats in the in the party and in the House had begun to distance themselves from all four of these individuals, calling themselves the, quote, squad, end quote. Well, when Trump made this comment, oh, my goodness, did you not hear the loudest kumbaya session happening in the Democratic Party? And all of the ones that were trying to distance themselves on Friday found themselves wrapping their arms around all four of those nimrods on Sunday. So now Nancy Pelosi and the gang is wrapped around these other four individuals who, by the way, whose popularity is lower than congressional national popularity. And that's saying something. Because Congress is always unpopular. And for these four ladies to be more unpopular than Congress says a lot. AOC's approval ratings at 20%. Uh, Ragheads is at 9%, and the other two, I think, are cumulative in the single digits as well. Now, why did Trump win this? Because come November, when all of the center Democrats, or the not-as-crazy-as-the-other-Democrats, go to begin to distance themselves from these four and claim, oh, I don't stand for what they stand for, blah, 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 trying to win some votes in those swing districts, I bet the RNC is going to throw up some television ads. And we're going to be right back here having a kumbaya session. (laughs) As a political advisor for the opponents of these four young ladies, 
I just was handled a I was just handed a gold nugget. Okay? So if I look at the comments Trump made on Saturday, which I went and read the tweets, I didn't see anything racist about him. Um, I probably wouldn't have said him exactly how he did, but I would have, I don't disagree with his sentiment. And the sentiment is, if this damn country is so bad, then hmm, cart yourself back to your native country. And that doesn't mean they were born there. For the morons that have went on TV and go, only one was not born here. We know this. Talking about their parents. I keep hearing about how great these Muslim countries are and how awful Israel is. Well, buddy, head on right back over there. One of them's a Somalian uh, descent. And I'm just going to tell you, Somalia's probably got the toughest Sharia law in the world. While she stands here and runs her flapper in front of a microphone, she was to do that in Somalia, she'd be stoned to death. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as much as I'm pro-woman and believe that women have equal rights in, in most everything, and they should, uh, it's time for those four to sit down and shut the hell up and let the people that have some common sense take over. Because those four have no idea what the world is. They have no idea how to be in Congress and should be kicked out. And I do think that three of the four of them will be gone yeah. after November. Next Who November. do you see staying? Who do you see staying? AOC may, may survive. Oh, come on. Yeah, she might survive. I hope she don't, but she might, just because she is. A foot. Well, I call him. I call him the Foot sword. Clan. She's Nancy Pelosi is Shredder, and they're the Foot Clan. God. But she's family we're, is very interesting today. What? She's family is very interesting today. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, while we're discussing this stupidity over the weekend. Uh, Let's talk about some other stupidity. The ACLU today filed a lawsuit to block the, uh, basically Trump doing the asylum ban. And I've got to tell you, I think the ACLU is going to lose this one. I saw that they filed it late today. I think they're going to lose this one. Because the president has sole discretion on that kind of stuff. And he's not doing anything to discriminate. He's just saying that if you go through a third country to get here, then you seek asylum in the first country you come to. Which, if you're a true asylum seeker, that's what you do. Okay? You truly seek asylum in that first country. And then if you want to come to the United States, do so legally. Just it's kind of stupid that we're even having to have this discussion. Um, it's a waste of time and energy and effort, just to be quite honest. So another big thing, um, anybody noticed that the Planned Parenthood president was tossed out on her ear today? No, I, I knew that they had Trump had won his suit against them, but I didn't hear about that, no. Well, she's out. Um, and basically what what the Board of Directors of Planned Parenthood is saying is that the assault on abortion, and she didn't do a lot to stand up against it, and so they gave her the boot. Um, I'm going to tell you, anybody that takes that role right now is going to be on the losing end. There is a shift in this country um, going away from abortion. And to be honest, the progressives have themselves to blame for that. Because had we not been hearing about babies left on tables crying and put to death after born, people advocating death in the birth canal, people advocating selling baby parts, 
there wouldn't be the support to ban this procedure. Okay? The evangelicals would still be crying against it. The liberals would be crying for it. And then the middle of the road would be like, well, I think that dot, dot, dot. So whoever takes over, uh, whoever takes over that's going to have a have a problem. All right, so we've got new polling data out on JoJo or Sleepy Joe or Sleepy Creepy Uncle Joe. Um, out of New Hampshire, now let me just go ahead and tell you this far out, doesn't really matter. But um, he's only up by about four points over Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. Now, before anybody gets um, butthurt over that and think liberal, think that the Oh, my goodness. That think the uh, socialists are going to win. Vermont and Massachusetts each butt up against New Hampshire. So the name ID um, there would be be pretty high. Um, Pete Butt Butt Gage (laughs) is uh, in fourth place, and then he's followed by uh, Knees, Harris, and Cory Booker. But I do think Knees, Harris is going to be the one everybody needs to watch out for. No. All right, let's see. There was a couple other main stories I wanted to talk about before we got into opening the floor up. All right, so if you look at Real Clear Politics, and one of the good things about Real Clear Politics is that you can can see all the cumulative polling data there. I don't necessarily like their politics all the time, but... um, I do think that it's a good cumulative place for for polling data. So the House resolution. Let me just let me say one thing about that, and then we're we're done with that. Stupid. For a moment there, I thought I was in London listening to the House of Parliament. Yes. Okay. And I just think that that first of all, this this resolution has no teeth whatsoever. As a matter of fact, if I was Trump, I'd just take it and wipe my ass with it in the White <laughs> House and flush it. Needs to be. Number one. Number two, um, I don't know that Democrats are winning on this. Uh, I saw some polling over the weekend that actually most people agree with what the president said. Yeah, it wasn't racist, not one word. As far as the substance, and this is the thing, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see people that are against Trump embrace it. People that are for Trump, you know, people that are against Trump are going to reject it. People that are for Trump are going to embrace it. Um, yeah, so I think you... Uh, I think you move, you know, you you move on from it. Another day or two in the news cycle, and this is over. Um, Omar, her her biggest problem is is Omar can't learn to shut her trap. No. And I can't I can't believe that the people of Michigan or Minnesota or whichever one she's from uh, would be so stupid as to reelect her. I I just don't I don't see that. Um, 
And I think Trump's right. I think a lot of people have often believed that if you hate the United States, then don't want to be here, get gone. Again, I go back to I don't see a lot of people on a boat headed to Borneo. No. Matter of fact, uh, oh, what's her name? Rosie O'Donnell can lead a cruise right to Borneo. Mm -hmm. I I think what people are confused about or maybe confused about that because they passed this resolution that it's automatically accepted, but it has to be passed by the Senate too. What's that, that resolution? Yeah, and I don't think McConnell's going to bring it to the floor. No, he's not. It'll die. Yeah. But the House can pass a resolution without the Senate, just so you all know. It's not. Um, yeah, but that doesn't make it law. I'm sorry? That doesn't make it law, does it? It has to be signed by the president to become law. Well, there is no law when it comes to a resolution. That's just the House saying, hey, we disagree with what you've done, blah, blah, blah. So I don't think... Oh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I tend to, um, I don't see why. That's funny. That's funny. You can share with us. <laughs> well, there's an article that just popped up here. Some of this stuff, by the way, is in real time, so y'all people are just going to get over it. Um, backlash ensues as RNC's win red fundraising hammer falls. Um, to be honest, I don't follow their fundraising stuff uh, up until. Um, the idiots took over with the Tennessee GOP. I donated every year, but I quit uh, with that. But Republicans have a decided disadvantage. Um, small dollar donations, electronic small dollar donations. And what they're trying to do is counter it. And the problem is is that the Democrat, the Republican Party has their own, each state kind of does their own fundraising and whatnot. Um, whereas the Democrats don't. And so Republicans are trying to get, basically the national party is trying to strong arm the local groups into consolidating all their fundraising. And if they did that... Um, then actually Republican small donors would actually beat the Democrats uh, to the tune of $1.1 billion versus 700000 Wow. So I'm glad to see, you know, at least, you know, the Trump administration does some things I don't agree with. However, for the most part, I can't I can't knock the Trump administration. They're they're doing this is what this is why the Democrats are so mad. Because Trump's doing what he said he was going to do in 2016. Mm-hmm. Okay? And listen, I can't you can't beat that with a stick. People that people that don't particularly like that need to suffer a severe case of get the crap over it. And realize that that's what we elected. We knew, well, at least those of us that voted for him, <laughs> hoped that's what he was going to do. 
And now he's shown me that that's what he's doing. So why anybody would have a, yeah, it just, the Democrats are trying to control the narrative, which they're not going to, the media helps them with the narrative. The problem is, is that number one, this early on in an election cycle, nobody's paying attention. Number two, because the media has been doing it since 2016, the the issue is that nobody cares. People are desensitized to it. It's like every single night on the news, if all you see is murder, 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 pretty soon you become desensitized to it. Oh, well, I'm going to turn on the news and it's going to be murder, murder, murder. Same here. So there's there's some problems that the Democrats have got rolling into the election year. They've got They've got some big ones. And most Americans, whereas they might not agree with how Trump does everything. Um, they are glad that he's getting stuff done. Okay. And they've oh, got... Man. Go ahead. I was going to say you could fool me. What's that? What, the Democrats are happy that he's getting these things done? No, Democrats aren't happy they're getting these things done. The American people are happy he's getting these things done. Yeah, I'm sorry. Of course, Democrats aren't happy because then Democrats, um, you know, can't take credit for this stuff. Because the Democrats, right. since at least the 80s, have been a party of do-nothing. Mm-hmm. All right, so in another blow to New York State. Now, before I go with this story, let me just tell you I don't advocate smoking. Prolonged smoking is bad for you. It'll kill you, and it causes the economy a lot of money in the medical area. Okay. However, um, <laughs> there's a flip side to this. New York's already a cash-strapped state. A bill designed to boost the legal age to buy tobacco and e-cigarette products in New York State was signed by Governor Andrew Cuomo on Tuesday. <laughs> the legislation raises the smoking age from 18 to 21, <laughs> and it will go into effect in not one, not two, n- not three, but four months from now. Okay. In a statement slammed irresponsible corporate marketing campaigns that focus on young people as contributing to the prevalence of smoking among teens and children. Has anybody seen a cigarette commercial on TV since the 80s? No. They're not allowed on TV. I haven't seen a cigarette commercial on television in years. And beer commercials are banned until after 9 o'clock. Actually, you haven't seen one in your lifetime because it was banned in 1973. Well, I, di- I have seen television commercials with cigarettes in them. Um, it was, I was young, but I do remember seeing them because that's the first place I'd ever heard of Pow Mow. Yeah. Uh, By raising the smoking age from 18 to 21, we can stop cigarettes and e-cigarettes from getting into the hands of young people in the first place and prevent an entire generation of New Yorkers from forming costly and potentially deadly addictions. Oh, God. 95% of all smokers begin using tobacco before 21, according to the American Cancer Society. Raising the smoking age to 21, a campaign the group dubs Tobacco 21, has been a major priority for the group in New York. Tobacco 21 is a no-brainer, said Julie Hart. Um, I don't know how much money the state of New York's about to lose because of this, but I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure it's going to be a chunk. Oh, yeah. Number one and number two, they're not really going to stop. You know, I'm just going to tell you, the legal age of adulthood is 18. And I think that if somebody really pushes this, 
I think they can challenge this because it's it's a totally different type of campaign than alcohol. Yeah. Okay. I'm not advocating somebody to challenge it, but I'm pretty sure somebody's going to challenge it. Yeah. And what will just happen is people will go, people will just go um, to another state. Oh, yeah. Here's here's something that was just posted 12 minutes ago. Presidential candidate Marianne Williamson, love candidate, asked white people to apologize to black audience members for slavery, lynchings, and other issues. God. I'm campaigning on the love issue. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So, let's, let's, yeah, let's shift to, to speak to good old Jeffrey Epstein. Okay. You want to just say it? Okay, so today his financial records were released. So let me let me just lay it out here. He's got fifty six million in cash. Fourteen million in fixed income, hundred and twelve million in equities, hundred and ninety four million in hedge funds and private equity. His property values fifty five point nine million in Manhattan, seventeen million New Mexico, eight million in Paris, eighty five million in the US Virgin Islands. All of those extradition countries. They Federal prosecutors revealed they found a fake passport in Epstein's home with a photo of him listing a Saudi Arabia residence, but under a different name. They also raised red flags about a mysterious gap in financial records. Um, Yeah. Bail in this country is not to be used punitively, okay? It's just not. And why these people insist on this listen I'm not defending this guy because if he done if he's done what they claim he's done then he deserves to be put away for a very long time if he did in fact sexually abuse women while on work release as they're claiming then he's a threat but in this country, you're innocent until proven guilty. And I think so many people have forgotten that fact. He's offered to put up $100 million in bail. Okay, That's 20% of his net worth. I think the judge is going to let him out. But if he's done with that... Now, I will tell you, if they let him out, I do think he disappears. Yeah, he runs. I think he, I think he gets going quick. Yeah, but if he doesn't have a passport, how's he going to get there? Well, you don't, ne- yeah, you, don't, you don't necessarily need a passport. Yeah, what's going to end up happening is there's... Bill Clinton's going to be taking some mysterious trips to Bangkok, Thailand, <laughs> and with the, they're going to find Epstein there when they go investigate. I agree. Actually, what may, what may just happen is that um, Bill Clinton dies in Bangkok, Thailand, <laughs> after one of his uh, rendezvous with um, Jeffrey Epstein, and that's how it all, the ball gets rolling, and that's how they capture him. 
He'd be like the perverted El Chapo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, President Clinton's safe. They're never going to touch President Clinton. Anybody that that thinks he's going to be touched has rocks in their head. All right, so I'm going to read an article. I don't normally read articles, but occasionally I find one that's very interesting, and it supports what I've been saying, so I'm going to read an article here. To all Democrats, I'm guessing you're feeling pretty good right now as a result of his, quote, racist tweet storm. President Trump has managed to simultaneously unite fractious Democrats while further alienating modern voters. He richly earned a historic vote of condemnation from the House of Republicans, or House of Representatives. Even before that meltdown, the latest NBC WSJ poll showed three Democrat candidates, Joe, Elizabeth, and Bernie, all leading the president general election matchups. He remains historically unpopular, and there's no reason to think that will change anytime soon. Given all that good news, I understand why you really aren't in the mood for more concern trolling from never-Trumpers because you got this, right? So let's talk 1972. In the year leading up to it, the Democrats were giddy with anticipation. The country was still mired in a bloody war, the economy was a mess, and President Richard Nixon, while lacking Trump's theatricality and instability, was regarded with fear and loathing by much of the country. In the 1970 midterms, Democrat won the popular vote in House races by 8.7% while adding a dozen seats. In 1971, Nixon's approval ratings dipped below 50% and stayed there. Surely they told themselves they could beat this guy. Nixon's vulnerability attracted a host of potential challengers, with Senator Edmund Muskie, a previous vice presidential candidate, as the front runner. He had gravitas. The Times opined, no national leader since Franklin Roosevelt has been better than Mr. Muskie in delivering a conventional fireside chant. But they noted that despite Muskie's appeal, many Democrats believe the Times call for radical change. For some Democrats, Muskie appears a little too cautious. He evokes respect, but not enthusiasm. This mild dissatisfaction gave an opening to a far more liberal candidate, one who spoke to the activated left of the party, George McGovern. For Democrats who shared McGovern's Anti-war passions, his record establishes his moral superiority, the Times wrote. But it also noted that others feared that his, quote, views have too sharp a cutting edge and would energize as many elements as he won over, end quote. That turned out to drastically underestimate McGovern's weakness. As unpopular as he was, Nixon would go on to win 49 of 50 states, 520 electoral votes, and nearly 61% of the popular vote, beating McGovern by nearly 18 million votes. It's possible that Nixon would have beaten any Democrat, but what happened in 1972 was not inevitable. It was, however, a choice. Democrats chose to move sharply left to indulge their ideological id. Nixon ran against the party of acid, amnesty, and abortion. The result was a massive landslide for a vulnerable incumbent. Of course, history does always repeat itself, and 1972 was also a very different era. But it was not a kinder or gentler time. That election came on the heels of the 60s, when cities burned, campuses erupted, erupted, revolutions seemed imminent, and things were falling apart. In 1972, voters pushed back hard. The last time we talked, just before our debates in Miami, I worried that you would blow this election because cockiness and wishful thinking are dangerous ambitions. But you assured me, despite blowing the 2016 election, you didn't need advice from Republicans. We're Democrats, you said. We totally know what we are doing to defeat Trump. So now let's talk about forced busing, the racism of the Betsy Ross flag, open borders, and health insurance for illegals. You think this is unfair? Wait until you see what a billion dollars worth of attack ads will do to this stuff. If it helps, forget about never Trumpers, because we aren't your target audience or your problem. The 2020 election will be decided by swing votes, the sort of voters who turned out last year and helped flip the House. But don't take them for granted. 
Voters are open to universal health insurance, but they will revolt against proposals to take their private insurance away. Voters are appalled by Trump's cruelty at the border, but they are also appalled by proposals that sound like open borders. They want a fair society, but socialism is toxic. Don't take my word for it. You don't think open borders is a problem? After Elizabeth Warren unveiled her own immigration plan, Kevin Drum wrote in Mother Jones's that even though he has criticized Republicans who had accused Democrats of favoring open borders, I have to admit that it's hard to see much daylight between Warren's plan and de facto open borders. After several candidates suggested decriminalizing illegal border crossings, President Obama's former Secretary of Homeland Security, Jay Johnson, said that the proposal was tantamount to declaring publicly that we have open borders. The idea, he said, was unworkable, unwise, and does not have the support of a majority of the American people or the Congress. And if we had such a policy, instead of 100,000 apprehensions a month, a month, it would be multiple times that. This has been the pattern since I last wrote you. Most voters oppose government health coverage for illegal immigration, and yet, at the second debate, every Democrat on hand raised a, on stage raised a hand in favor. Only 37% of voters favor, favor abolishing all private health insurance. But when CNN's Wolf Blitzer asked Bernie Sanders, will these people be able to keep their health insurance plan, their private plan, through their employers under his plan, Sanders responded, no. Don't even get me started on the late-term abortion or gun control. Try road testing those issues in rural Michigan before you measure for the curtains in your new White House office. After the first two debates, liberal columnist Richard Cohen declared, GOP strategists must be hyperventilating over all the goodies arrayed before them. This is a campaign even Trump could win. Longtime progressive Roy Texaria also notes that Trump is unpopular and quite beatable, but he writes, defeating Trump requires you keep the election a referendum on him and not unpopular Democratic ideas, like reparations, abolishing ICE, the Green New Deal, and elimination of private health insurance. So far, the record is grim. Jonathan Chait, a columnist for New York Magazine, has similar concerns. He notes that none of the big, bold ideas has any realistic chance of being enacted by the next president. So the political reward does not match the political risk the Democrats are taking. They're not for laying... They're not laying the ground for a sweeping new progressive agenda they can pass in 2021. They're merely seeding Donald Trump's attack ads. Faced with this, a lot of you have fallen back on the myth of the pivot. You're telling yourselves the comforting story that you can easily pivot back to the center after primary season is over. This assumes that politics has not fundamentally changed, which seems a bizarrely fanciful notion for anyone who's lived through the last cycle. For better or for worse, I personally find it horrifically worse. The GOP is united behind Trump. But the fuel for their loyalty is not Trump's sterling character or even his policies. The animating principle of the right is anti-leftism, and Trump will make the case that the left is at ramming speed, not just on economics, but on every possible fault line in our culture political wars. Trump might be racist, as his incendiary attack on the squad of freshman congressmen proves, but he's not entirely wrong to think that Democrats, to their most extreme voices, is a potentially winning strategy. For all of his erratic and unhinged narcissism, Donald Trump has a vision. He wants 2020 to be 1972 all over again. No, he doesn't. He wants 1984, which is very similar to 1972. Trump is framing the choice Americans will have to make in 2020. He has chosen his enemies and defined them. These are people that hate our country. They hate our country. They hate it, I think, with a passion. His message, my opponents don't just disagree with me. They hate me. They hate you. They hate America. They hate everything you stand for and have built. The four minority women are not really Americans. They are aliens, socialists, communists, immigrants who have split on the gift we have given them. In other words, I may be awful, but you people are dangerous. This ugly stuff may well backfire. Trump could lose the popular vote next year by a larger margin than in 2016, but he could still win the Electoral College if he holds reluctant Trump voters and the swing voters who sampled the Democrats in 2018. The variable is what kind of campaign you run. You can indulge your ideological ID, 
or you can run to defeat the incumbent president. As it was in 1972, it's your choice. End of article. Now, here's that article says a lot. It's interesting they're using 1972. They don't want to use 1984 because that guy went on to be one of the most popular presidents in modern history. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you everything because, you know, all of us here in 2016, 17, 18, every time he would react or the president would do something, we'd be like, oh, my gosh, can't believe he did that. (laughs) And then I started to realize that, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. He comes out, says something stupid, people overreact, and then the next thing you know, we've forgotten what he said stupid. We're only talking about the, uh, we're only talking about what they did in the reaction to it. And, you know, I'm, listen, we, this country's not perfect, okay? The country itself's never going to be perfect. The idea of the country will always be perfect, okay? But this country's not perfect. And, listen, I'm going to tell you, and, and this isn't because I'm against Democrats, because there used to be, and, and I stress the word used to be, some good Democrats in this country. Okay? Now, unfortunately, there's not now, in my opinion. There may be some, but their voices have gotten lost. Okay? But I have never seen a group of people hate this country as much as the Democratic Party of today. And I think the likes of FDR and JFK, the two standard bearers for the Democratic Party, would roll over in their graves and not be happy campers. And, you know, we can go, uh, we can go a lot further into this and a lot deeper into this. Um, but I'm not going to in this particular episode. Because, to be honest with you, whereas, you know, we talk politics, I, I don't see things getting better. I know they're trying, but as far as the as far as the political world, I don't see a lot of things getting better. So, because when he's reelected, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that when President Trump is reelected, it's just going to continue for another four years. Well, I think, you know, I'm, I'm. Here's my thought on this. Uh, here's my, here's my thoughts on that particular issue. Yes, they're going to keep up after four years, for four more years. But you know, Trump can fundamentally change how the country sees politics, and I think he will. And I think if he's reelected, it's going to be very hard for Democrats to ever get power again. Because next November, they're going to lose the House. Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi was warned that if she does, if she's doing exactly what she's done here, that they would lose the House. And I see that happening. <laughs> so petty to get up on the floor of the Congress and and attempt to censure. Yeah, it's a backdoor censure is what it is. Prison. You know, and it's reprehensible. It's just, I've never seen anything like it. Their hatred is going to be their downfall. 
I agree. I agree. They they are so blinded. And, you know, I don't even think, I know there's going to be some people disagree with me with this. I don't think it's, they're just, I don't think it's that they hate Trump. I mean, yeah, they don't like it. They don't like him. But their anger isn't because of their Trump hatred. Their anger is because they don't like the voters. Well, we I have, have to look at the. We have to look at the the sin that Donald Trump committed, and that was beating Hillary. And for for all for all it's worth, they've con- they've condemned him to hell. So as long as he is holding the office and doing what he promised to do, he's still going to be the racist, misogynist, homophobic. There's going to be a pantheon of never-ending quotes by the media and by worthless athletes and by worthless actresses and actors and whatnot because the biggest sin was beating the chosen one. And and what you said at the beginning of the show, that what Trump did was masterful. And what Trump really did was he made Nancy Pelosi circle the wagons between around three of well, no four people who she should be distancing herself away from those people who are running for president on the democratic side should be running as far away from those four women as possible yet democrats always circle the wagons while the republicans have a circular firing squad well right. the wagons are being yeah. circled and what was happening right now you're going to have a democrat party who has gone much further to the left than they wanted to go by protecting these idiots. And all the Republicans have to do, if they know what's good for them, is start showing the American people what this Democrat Party is today. And when 2020 comes along, Trump should lose um, California and New York and uh, in. Uh, Illinois, and that's about it. I think he's well, going to do very well in a few states that we don't think he had a chance in. I agree. <clears throat> yeah. I'm, lose, I'm with uh, you on this. Hawaii also. He's going to lose Hawaii also. <laughs> oh, well. Who cares? Those three electoral votes, that, that's not going to matter. Yeah. Well, when, he, uh, loses, when he beats Kamala Harris, it's going to be wonderful. Oh. Knees, Harris. This is what I'm going to start calling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Down with Willie Brown. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I just got some breaking news that uh, John Paul Stevens, uh, former uh, he died. associate justice, has died at the age of 99. So for the next week and a half, I'm guessing... <laughs> That the uh, the media is going to have a love fest for this liberal justice. Oh, yeah. Did it just break? Yeah, it bro- it broke. Well, I knew it was in ill health, but he's also ninety nine years old. Is he going to have a? Do we know if he's having a state funeral? It doesn't say, but I'm assuming he will be, unless he didn't want it in his will. But right. most Democrats want a state funeral, right? <laughs> Yeah, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that that Clinton's state funeral will double what Reagan's was. Oh yeah. God, are you kidding me? Can you imagine what Obama's it'll, it'll state funeral is going to be like? It'll Obama's state funeral. They'll fly him back to Kenya for burial. <laughs> Did you see Air Force One landing Obama's- in Kenya? No, they'll just they'll just parachute the the, the coffin into the ground. They'll put some <laughs> some food or something. Instructions wow. on how to bury the the body. Obama's funeral will last a year. Well, hopefully they'll another fifty years now. Well, maybe they'll shoot him to Mars. By that time, we'll be on Mars. 
So let's talk about Area 51. Oh, yeah. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Yeah, there's been uh, there's a few websites that I go to that have it's, it's mean and all, mean websites, and one of them is um, the Time Traveler, the time the the uh, person asks the a, a current day person asks the question, and then the um, the Time Traveler responses, and the the the, the person has these weird, this weird look like wow, one of the questions. Uh, one, the, pre, the guy in the present day goes, yeah, I was at uh, Trump's inauguration. Time traveler asks, um, was that senior or junior? Yeah, right. <laughs> Another one asks, um, uh, time travel from uh, 19, uh, 2029 comes, and uh, the modern day person asks about, so did they really storm Area 51? And the time traveler goes, you mean the great master at Area 51? Well, let me just... It's going to be interesting. Let's go. <laughs> let me just warn anybody that's thinking about it. I wouldn't. No. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I wouldn't. Because they know you're coming. The Air Force ain't playing around. The Terminator was a documentary. Think about that. <laughs> Yeah, we're like. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, Area 51. Hmm. You know, people have signed the petition. Yeah, I saw it. Well, you know, it was originally put up as a joke. Really? Yeah. It was trying to get some publicity for something, and it kind of went viral. Does George Norrie have anything to do with this? <laughs> coast to coast AM with George Norrie. Um, Maybe Art Bell came back from the dead for this one. Say what? Maybe Art Bell came back from the dead for this one. <laughs> you know, I've listened to Coast to Coast from time to time. I haven't recently. I love the show. I haven't recently, but last time I listened, two people that have been abducted by aliens was talking. I was just <laughs> like, where do these people come up with this stuff? Well. I've listened for probably about, give or take, about 20 years, off and on. It, it's something to listen to at night. It fascinated me. Most of it, I really didn't, you know, you, you take all of that with a grain of salt, but it's good entertainment, especially at night when you have nothing to do. Okay. Now, they did predict that... Um, I just got reprimanded. Oh, I'm sitting here. I'm cracking walnuts. And uh-huh. I was told, or excuse me, pecans. And I was told to crack my own nuts. I'm like, these are my own nuts. He's like, no, they ain't. So you got told not to crack your nuts by the nutcracker? That's pretty much it, right there. Oh. All right. So. She asked how Mark knows she's a nutcracker. (laughs) Mark, I wouldn't even venture to answer that question. Okay, so we are we're actually gonna end on time tonight, I'm shocked. Wow. After the August break, I'm going to attempt to start using a different system to allow us to take calls without people having to call a number in. I used it before, and I'm happy to report it's still out there, and it's still free. So, 
And what I'm going to do is have a have a panel, and we're gonna we're gonna. I want all you guys to use your Facebook pages and start inviting people to the Political Straight Talk page, and we'll advertise the show and try to build it up a little bit. Also, over the next couple of weeks, I'll start uploading the Reagan clips that I told you all I was going to do. And we'll have those available for people to go and listen to. Until somebody at the Reagan Library gets mad at me. Okay. Well, back from the dead. That should be folded to me, shouldn't it? It's not. Not the collection that they have. Good luck trying to find oh. his 1970 three-minute spills like, uh, you know, he did a three-minute run like Paul Harvey used to do. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a oh, few yeah. of them. Huh? I've seen a few of them. I have them all. Yep, buddy. Anyway, I'm going to start posting get... some of this. Huh? How'd you get a hold that... of them? I bought them through the Reagan Library. Oh, I will. Uh, hang on a second. I'll tell you in a second. Remember, you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Freedom isn't free. Thank you, soldier, for without the soldiers. We wouldn't have. Oh, that's right. I have to close out on a particular note because I said I was going to talk about this and I got it jotted down to talk about it and I forgot. Tennessee. A sheriff's office in southern Tennessee put out a tweet or a post or something for people not to be flushing their methamphetamine down the toilet <laughs> because they didn't want messed up gators. Because evidently in Alabama, the stuff being flushed is mething up the gators. Not <laughs> Now, the sheriff said that <laughs> regular Alabamans were enough. He didn't want any messed up gators. <laughs> this has went viral. Okay, it's been picked up by every news source in the United States. The Guardian <laughs> and a few others have picked it up. Don't want no messed up gators. If a regular gator oh. is bad... I'd hate to see what the hell a meth-up gator does. I don't think a meth uh, gator would be that no. bad. A twitchy alligator with no teeth, that'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> he would lose a scale. His teeth would go bad. <laughs> from someone who he actually stopped. lives he... with alligators. I live with alligators. There's alligators in my backyard while I live in the swamp, but... I wouldn't mind seeing a twitchy alligator with no teeth. Action for a pack of cigarettes. Well, according to the water boy, you know why alligators are so upset, don't you? They, got they have all them teeth, teeth and no, teeth and no toothbrush. <laughs> On that note, they have what? all those teeth they and no toothbrush. <laughs> On that note, you've got to stand for something or you fall for anything. Freedom isn't free. You thank a soldier. For without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. Thank the families of soldiers. For without them, we wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. Also, my nephew, Elijah, is exactly two weeks. He's going into the final two weeks of basic uh, at Fort Lost in the Woods in Missouri. And uh, the last two weeks are the kind of the rough part because this is when you do the crucible. And um, so keep him in your prayers, and he'll come out of it. A G.I. Joe, one week in wow. a month, two weeks a year. Good for him. That's what I say. On behalf of Ragtag Patriots and the Ragtag Patriots Board of Directors and me, the political Superman, this is me saying have a good night, everybody. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.